picture yourself at the edge of a high diving board. No matter how many times you've jumped off, you still feel those little butterflies before you take the leap. Why is it that no matter how many times we've done something before, we often feel that twinge of fear before jumping in? It's because fear is wired into who we are, but that doesn't mean it has to stop us from achieving our goals because we choose a different path. And that is why the afraid don't get paid. I want you guys to think back to a time in your childhood where you felt like the world was your oyster. You did things simply because you could, because nothing was standing in your way. Everybody has memories like this. Maybe for you, it was your first time playing dress up in your mother's clothes. Or perhaps it was the first time you rode your bike without training wheels and you took off in the wind. These experiences showed us just how carefree and confident we were no matter the outcomes. And for many of us, these thoughts make us super nostalgic and warm to our hearts. That carefree, childlike feeling takes me back to a fifth grade history class when I used to sell school supplies. I vividly recall people rushing to get into class early. And they weren't rushing in because of the teacher. They definitely were not rushing in because they were so excited to learn about the history of the 13 colonies. They got to class early because of me and what I had to sell. And this was the moment that I realized I could sell anything if it solved a problem and changed people's lives. So I know you're probably thinking, Candace, is this a story about selling pencils and erasers? Really? No, this is a story about connecting with people solving problems, and stepping back into that childlike version of ourselves where we were fearless and did things simply because we wanted to do them. So let me tell you guys, I was so obsessed with selling school supplies. Part of the reason I got into this was because a lot of people would buy school supplies at the very last minute and they would have waited so long that all of the good stuff was gone and then they'd be left with the crumbs, you know, the color notebooks that nobody wants, the bad erasers, the pencils that suck and that are flimsy. And I would go back to school shopping as soon as I got that list, right when they put out all the school supplies. My dad would buy it in bulk because I knew down the line people were going to want it. They were going to want the good erasers, you know, the super fancy pencils. I think it's like techachondria, tech... I don't even know how to pronounce it. Somebody look that up for me. If you know what I'm talking about, at me on social media. Anyway, the good pencils, the good erasers, the good notebooks, I had it all. And I was obsessed with selling it because I knew there was a need. There was a demand for it. We used to trade the pencils back and forth in the classroom and people would always borrow my pens and never give them back. So I thought, let me sell them. And this was really how it all started. And so I want to paint a picture of just how serious I took this craft. If any of you guys can recall those desks that you have to lift up to look inside and have all of your materials, those are the type of desks that I had in my history class. I loved them. And I would spend way too long, let's just say, way too long organizing my desk because I knew I was going to sell these products And I can recall having the amazing paper mate erasers lined up to the right, organized by shape and color, and then the fancy mechanical pencils, thin lead only, most importantly, thin lead. No fat lead over here. 
team than lead. I had my mechanical pencils lined up at the top of the desk, in the very far left corner, and below I had glue sticks, and everything was neatly organized. And so people had an amazing visual experience when they looked inside the desk and they're like, wow. And looking back, this definitely helped with selling it. But that's not the point, right? The point is, I was passionate about selling school supplies. And I was even more passionate about serving people. And so I recall little old Candace in fifth grade and how I was able to be so successful with this throughout the whole entire year of, of my history class. And it was because the first thing that I really focused on was community. Yes, community building with my classmates. <laughs> People would line up at the front of my desk waiting to be served. And I made sure everyone felt seen and heard when they came up to buy pencils, erasers, Elmer's glue. I think I even sold like the crayon boxes. In fact, I probably had like, I think I had like two or three of these desks. There was always like um extra desk in the class because there was only like 20 people. And so I was able to quote unquote own two or three desks to harbor all of my school supplies. That teacher was great, right? And so people would line up and they'd be ready to buy all of this amazing stuff. And through that exchange of the cell, I got to know what people liked the most. I got to hear their stories of how these pencils helped them write better and made them feel better about being in history because honestly, who likes history, <laughs> right? And they would tell me how they felt like they could pay attention more. And so I realized, yeah, I'm selling school supplies, but I'm really changing people's lives. I'm making them feel better about school. They're feeling more attentive. They feel more prepared. They are excited to be here. And that is what I wanted. And I kid you not, me selling school supplies and pencils made the whole class more enjoyable. And so as you can tell, I really loved selling school supplies, right? Clearly. But something else that this experience taught me is that I didn't find reasons not to do it, right? If I were selling school supplies now and I was in school, I'd say, oh, who's going to buy this? They can just go get the cheaper stuff at the store. Or who's going to buy this? They're going to think I'm ripping them off because it's at Walmart or Target. Or why would someone buy school supplies from me when they could do X, Y, Z, right? The point is, there's always reasons not to do something. And it's really easy to point those out and sometimes harder to just see ourselves being successful at what we desire to do. And this story about me selling in fifth grade really showed me just how much we trust ourselves and just do when we're younger, right? We're not worried about not selling. I wasn't thinking, oh God, what if none of this sells? I'm going to be a goner. I thought, wow, this is fun. People need help. It's all a problem. I love organizational things and school supplies. If it, I, I guess I thought, you know, if it doesn't sell, I'll just use it next year, right? I didn't make a big deal out of it. And oftentimes as adults, as we've gone through life and matured, we feel like there's more barrier to entry. We make things harder than they need to be. We're afraid. I want to challenge you all to think back on a childhood story where you were just yourself, where you allowed the bubbly, carefree parts of you to shine through, where you weren't afraid to maybe, dare I say, make a fool of yourself, right? 
You did things because you could, because you wanted to, because they were fun. What if you could tap back into that part of yourself and leverage that in the sales process? And so the last thing that I want to leave you all with is taking a moment to recall a time in your childhood where you were carefree and you did the things because you could, because you wanted to. And even if you were a little scared, you still embarked on the journey. Imagine if you took that energy and that childlike confidence and freedom and leveraged that in the sales process. How would you feel? What would you do? If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to tag me on social media. Everything will be in the show notes. And don't forget to leave a review. And when you're ready, go ahead and visit me at www.candicechapman.com slash work with me to learn more about my private one-on-one mentorship where I teach coaches how to make selling more effective, efficient, and fun.